Amen. Welcome, everybody. If you're tuning in, I always say you've been prayed for because you have. And today I want to start out with a little bit of a question here. Have you ever, ever asked somebody this and get this response? Hey, what's been going on? How's it going? And they go, man, I'm just loving life. I'm just loving life, man. How is that? I'm loving life. And I often wonder when they say that, I go, really? You know, what does loving life, when somebody says that, what does that really mean by that, I wonder? You know, that means, hey, man, everything's good. Money in the bank, jobs going good, kids getting straight A's, no problems. Is that what love and life is? Well, you know what? I got to thinking about that more and more. Because I know if that's the case, then we're probably not always loving life, are we? I know my mom and dad probably weren't always loving life. Man, I tell you what, when the report card came in, man, I had the grass cut, the cars cleaned, everything else. And then I go, oh, by the way, you might want to sign this. You know, I was setting this stage. And so today, as we go through talking about love and life, I want to kind of get a perspective from the biblical side. What is really about, what is that all about, about love and life? And I, and I think as we go through today, I pray that we can see through our, our notes and things and what God's going to show us. I really got three points I want to hit today, talking about loving the Lord, loving others, and loving to serve. But, you know, when we go through different things, sometimes it's tough, isn't it? Sometimes, I don't know, let me ask you, if, if you're in a stage of your life right now that you're really loving life, would you be bold enough to raise your hand? Yeah, loving life, yeah, some, yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that it's perfect. That doesn't mean that everything's lovey-dovey, but have we chose to love life in the midst of that storm? And I, and I tell you today, as I say many, many times, I am never minimizing anything that we're going through, but what I want to do is show us that as we're going through, that we can be growing through the process, and we can be leaning on the Lord. So I'm excited about this message. I, I'm going to give you the scripture, but I'm not even going to read it here. I'm going I'm to jump on it. This is kind of where we're going to be. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be primarily in John 13. Got a little bit of reading to go through, and then, as I often say, a little prayer preaching and a teaching. Everybody going to be doing all right? Say amen. amen. All right, let's look at this if you want to follow along. So here we go. John 13, 1. Many of y'all are familiar with this story. I've read it many times. I've preached on it many times, but the Lord opened my eyes to even deeper understanding. And doesn't he do that all the time? When we're willing to spend some time and just hover over that word and pour through that, God is so good that he'll show us a deeper and greater things. So I'm going to read a few things and then we'll come back and teach through this, okay? John 13, 1 says, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. Let me tell you, how many of you, sometimes when we go through the Word of God, we might not understand all of it at the time, but as we grow and go and the Holy Spirit reveal things to us, hey, you know what? Someday you will. I pray today we get one of those someday experiences as we walk through here. So if you notice, I got a few things underlined in here, and I want to kind of go back and kind of walk through that to set the stage. So the first thing I've got, I said, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. And what I saw in that, I said, life does not take Jesus by surprise. How many people are excited about that? 
He's in your corner. He's got your back. He is your risen Savior. If you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for the death, burial, resurrection uh, of, of Christ and, and turn from your sin and turn to him and, and believe in him by faith, guess what? These promises are for you. However, if you have not, I hope you do by the end of the service, okay? Because this is some serious business. He knew the hour had come to leave this world and what was going on. But what was he was doing? What was he doing? He was getting ready to wash their feet, wasn't he? Let's go back through here. And he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Jesus was about loving people. He loved us so much that he came to earth, and he loved us so much more even, if you can say that, that he went to the cross. Now, as we walk through these things here, and we say, man, look what's going on. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just saying in my flesh... If I was here and I knew one of you guys were going to sell me out and turn me over to get flogged and beaten and everything else, you might not want me washing your feet. <laughs> your little piggies might be hurting. I'm just telling you, right? I'm just being honest. The Lord would have to, have to work, work that out in me. But notice what Jesus does. You know, when, when that was a job of a slave when somebody came to their home. He humbled himself and washed their feet. But he's setting the stage because we could see what love and life's all about here. Amen. We come on down here. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And I said, what the devil had already set in motion never changed the plan of God or the heart of God. So when, when you think things, you got too much month at the end of your money, you've got different things, you've got rebellious kids, you've got uh, uh, the report from the doctor, and all these things may be very real and vivid in front of us. Guess what? It's not fooling God. He's not wringing his hands in heaven. He's got a plan. He's got a master plan. Are we willing to trust him in the midst of that? Because I'm going to tell you, when you're in that storm, man, you, can't, you just can't even see the bottom of the boat sometimes. But boy, when God brings you to the other side and pulls you to the other side, you say, boy, I got a testimony. How many people have had a, got a, had a couple of testimonies that God has brought them through the other side? Many people right now are in the middle of the test. But let me tell you, God is faithful. Let's keep on rolling here. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. Jesus was sure of his authority. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to help you with worrying. Anybody worry a little bit? We all do sometimes. Jesus was sure of his authority. Are you sure of his authority? See, when, when I start worrying, let me help somebody here. I'm talking to me too. When I start worrying, you know what I'm really saying? Let's just break it down. Lord, I can't trust you. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah, you are. Think about it. Am, am I right there? Is that amen or oh me? Because we're saying, man, I don't, I don't know if God can get, I don't know if God, I don't know if God can get me through this. I'm not saying it's comfortable. I'm not saying it's pain free. But I'm going to tell you what, he's got authority over everything. So when we go through something, listen close to what I'm saying. I'm not saying God causes it, but I'm saying God can work it all together for the good. And it has to go through his loving hands and grace. And let me tell you what, as we seek him, as we begin to say, Lord, you know what? I don't know what you're going to do. Many times we hear in the scripture where he says, not my will, but your will be done. Then we start seeing, guess what? We're in a great place for God to till the hardened heart and continue to throw the seed of his promise in there and bring it around. 
I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying he's faithful. Amen. Aren't you glad that we can count on God? Aren't you glad that all authority has been given to him? Well, let's bring it on down here. Now, this is where I wanted to show you my aha moment here. We come on down and he says, so he got up from the table and took his robe off, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the feet of the disciples. I started looking around and studying and listening to some different sermons that I heard. And I thought, man, I've never seen this before. The two times that I could find about a water basin, not the jars, but the water basin in the Bible were right around the same thing. You say, what do you mean? Do y'all remember when they bring Jesus before Pilate? And he says, look, I don't find any, any shame with this man, anything else. Bring me the basin of water. I'm going to wash my hands. Matter of fact, I think I pulled the scripture in here. Look at this. Matthew 27, uh, 24. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and the riot was developing. So he sent for a basin of water and washed his hand before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. He said, buddy, where are you going with this? You got two players in the game, so to speak. You got two basins of water. If you want to love life, you want to follow the, the footprints of Jesus, right? Jesus humbled himself to a point, and he washed the feet of others, right? Putting them first to make sure that they were covered, make sure that they were clean. But Pilate washed his hands to make sure he was clean. You see what I'm saying? I thought that was kind of interesting. Hey, I'm getting out of this. It's on you. But Jesus takes the role and says, I'm tell you what, all authority has been given to me. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to humble myself. That's the difference between being follower of Jesus and follower of men. You see what I'm saying right there? So many times when we get in a situation and something comes up, we go, hey, I'm washing my hands with it. I'm out. I'm done. Or do we kind of follow the breadcrumbs of life and follow Jesus and say, what can we do to work this out? Can we respond like Christ in the midst of that? Lovingly, graciously, patiently, humbly. We're going to be talking about those things today. So next time you're washing your hands, you think about how you're going to set your day. Are you going to set your day following the mold of Christ or not? It's a choice. Let's keep on rolling down here. We come down to about six there, and it says, When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Remember nothing, Jesus, about, about Jesus taking him by surprise. He knew that Jesus, he knew that Peter would deny him, yet he still served him. He knew that Judas was going to sell him out, but he still served him. He was seeing past their weak spots to the glory of God that he would bring through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Like I said earlier, it'd be real easy for us to go, well, man, I know, you know, such and such is going to sell me out, so I'm, I'm, they're, they're off my list. How many people you've heard that say, well, I guess they're off the Christmas list? Aren't you glad you're not off the Christmas list? There's a place for everybody. However, many people won't receive the gift. Let me tell you, if you're listening today, if you're here today and you've never received the gift of God through the, the, through the birth and death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the greatest gift that you could ever receive. And I want to talk there for just a minute, and we'll talk about it towards the end too. I'm not talking about mumbling a prayer. 
I'm not talking about, yeah, I went to church and I heard about it. Yeah, I believe that. I'm talking about engaging your faith in believing that Jesus is the son of God. Believing that Jesus paid your your sin debt in full. Believing that he died and rose for the sin of all men and claiming that as yourself. And he's sitting on the right hand side of God. I'm getting serious with it. Not just, well, yeah, that sounds good. No, do you believe that? Have you received that? Have you turned from your sin and turned to the Lord? That's the gospel. See, if we just, if we just kind of go through and, and, and play footsie with it, you know better off than what you were when you came in. But if you come in and you listen to this and you say, no, 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 I believe that. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, a lot of things we see here, it says, Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. How many people had heard the gospel message over and over and over and never responded to it? How many times do you think about it? How many times did you hear it before you respond? You know, every time I preach, as far as I know, every time we preach here, I try to be sure that I bring people to a point of decision and give them an opportunity to receive the gift of God, Jesus Christ, salvation. Because if not, the promises are not for them. But as a child of God, all these promises are for us. What must we do to be saved? call on the name of Jesus Christ. I was driving home from my mom's yesterday and I talked to Angela and we were talking about this message and I said, man, God is just, just blowing this thing up in my mind. It's all cool. And then she goes, oh yeah, what about this? And what about this? And what about, well, I said, you can preach on that next week. <laughs> she had some great ideas. We were talking about the feet and the hands. We're talking about Jesus cleaning the feet, Pilate washing his hands. And Angela said, you know what, buddy, what's in the middle? I said, what do you mean? She says, the heart. I said, that's a good word, sis. That's a good word. See, it's all about the heart. The heart is what moves us in the direction with our feet or our hands. What are we going to do? Or what are we going to do? Are we going to humble ourselves? Or are we going to stiff arm life and go, no, you know what? I'm out. I'm good. I'm okay. So today I pray as we go through the message, we look at how Jesus responded. Here we go. Everybody doing good? Let's roll with it. So the first point I see in our, our message here, when we're talking about love and life, if you want to really love life, I believe we got to love the Lord, don't you? To really love life, we need to love the Lord because he's the, the one that gave us Lord, gave us the uh, life, right? If we love the Lord, we will love what God loves. Do you believe that? Y'all can say something if you want because it's raining outside and it's nice in here so y'all can talk a little bit to me, all right? So y'all believe that, right? If we love the Lord, we will love what God loves. We'll love the light. We'll get out of the darkness. And that's pretty straightforward. But if you listen to some folks, you wonder what they love. How about that? You ever sit around the break table at work? Check a few emails, see what's going on? I say, you know, we're, we're always fighting the flesh. We should be praising the Lord. I've said this many times. You start turning around, you ask something like this. It sounds like instead of loving what the Lord loves, you love what you want. If what I want doesn't look a whole lot like what Jesus wants, I'm probably on the wrong side of the equation. Amen? I'm probably on the wrong side of the equation. And you know what? We're fighting the flesh all the time, fighting the flesh. How many people like to take the easy way? Hey, we like to take the easy way. I mean, if there's a shortcut, that's good. But many times in life, shortcuts bring shortcomings. 
I'm, telling, I'm not telling you to go all the way around Bacosin three times before you come here. You know what I'm saying. But when there's things going on in our life, that's different things going on, we need to follow through on what's going on with Christ. Let's see what's happening here. John 13, 15. I've given you example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are no greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Amen? Let's take a look at this. Jesus gave us a roadmap to life. If you want to love life and follow him, you got to follow the example, right? If we really want to love life, we need to follow the example in life. And he is the one that gives us the great example. He sustains life. If you want to know, love life, who gave you life? Jesus. So he's the role model. He's the role model. So it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm following Christ. I'm, I'm following Christ. This is what I say here. Look at this. I said love should obey and follow the example. Love should obey and follow the example. And if we can follow that example, we're going to start seeing things change different. I've given every hand signal I know. Can we turn up the heat a little bit? I'm about freezing. Are y'all cold? I see people back there doing it. I get it. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to crank up the fire now. Woo! Check this out. My mouth just opened the window. <laughs> Got to do it, man. Got to do it. So we should love and obey the example of Christ. We want to follow what Christ is doing. Well, you know what? You won't follow what Christ is doing if you got your Bible shut, right? If you're not following along. Because, oh, I used to go to church. Well, what, what happened? Well, I got busy. Busy doesn't make you better, right? It can keep you away from the things of God. I know everything, everybody's got different things going on and we can't always make it. And I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about following the example of Christ. And I don't know about you guys. If I want to follow Christ, I got to be in his word. I got to be in his presence. I got to be listening to what's going on. I need it every day. How about y'all? I mean all the time. How many people do a daily devotion? That's a great way to do it. How many people are reading through the Bible this year? I don't know. Maybe that's something else you could do. Take some of the bread of life things that we got. Anything that we got here or that we got online, download it, get it free, whatever the case is. We want to arm you with the word of God so that you're ready for the situations that come up in the world. So let's keep on rolling here. Humility, I, I, I read this note here someone once wrote, and I thought this was beautiful. Humility is not weakness, but strength under control. Hmm. Have you ever thought about that? Think about it. Strength under control. Jesus, though he was humble, he was never weak. The same power that lives in him lives in us. Have you ever thought about that? Holy Spirit that raised him on the third day lives in each blood-bought believer. Amen? Each one. And so when we come on, like I've said many times, I don't want any of us to be kicked over and, and walked on and, and a Holy Ghost floor mat. But you know what? Humility is not weakness, but strength under control. Jesus knew the plan. Jesus could have changed everything, but he went right through the Father's plan. And that was the best for me and you. Somebody say amen on that. So loving life for a Christian means loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. Think about that. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven really talks about that. As simple as that is to read, how easy is it to live? We want to say that, man, it's just easy. But if you look at, I'm talking to me, over the choices and things I've said, done, this, every, whatever, in the last week, what I say every day, man, I was pinging a 10 on that. 
Maybe not. See, there's still a lot of self left, right? And so how we do that is we crucify our flesh daily by the reading of the word and getting into the word and loving the Lord more than I love what I want. Now, that's easy to say, but I tell you what, sometimes you just want to pick what you want, right? Y'all like to, to pick what you want? It's easy, you know. And here, here's something about sin. Have you ever known somebody when we're sinning, we only sin on the sins that we like. <laughs> you don't sin on the sins you don't like. They say, oh, man, you know, whatever. I'll just pick something if you want to call it sin, whatever. It's not good for your body, but I, the first thing popped in my mind, uh, smoking. That's easy for me. I don't smoke. <laughs> Stop eating. That ain't easy for me. <laughs> I like to eat, you know. And so what I'm saying is, as we replace those things that we desire with the things that God desires, I'm talking on a much heavier level, dude, but it all impacts through life. So if we, if we want to have the life that we, you know, come through loving life, we got to start with loving the Lord. Everybody good with that? How many people love the Lord in here today? Good, good, good. When we think about what he's done for us, man, it's amazing. So the next thing we see through that story, that Jesus, not only that, he was obeying his father in heaven, but he was also loving others. John 13, 34, a new covenant I give you, give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. He didn't say, it didn't say suggestion. He didn't say it might be nice, right? He said, a new commandment that I give you. We're commanded to love people. You have to, do you have a hard time with that sometimes? Sometimes it's hard, to, it's hard to. Sometimes for people, and I talk to folks all the time, sometimes it's hard to love yourself. We're going to talk about that. Look at this. Jesus was a walking example of the love of God for the people of God. And I said, and his love is for all people to receive. Here's a few more pieces of the puzzle if you look at this stuff here. How about that? If we love others, we've got to forgive others, right? Weren't we forgiven much? I always, always, always couple this right here together. When I talk about forgiveness, I am not minimizing what you've been through. But I know when we forgive somebody, what happens is this, saying, I don't agree with the offense, but I agree that I am not going to let it shackle me to that situation. Were you forgiven much? How many sins did the Lord forgive for you? All in me. But I'm going to be honest with you. We need the Spirit of the Lord to help us in those areas. And it's, it's tough. But I, I think we should strive for that. Strive for that. God forgave us. So if we want to have a situation, we want to have open communication, we want to have the best thing going on, and I want to make sure that, that I'm hearing from the Lord, the Lord wants me to forgive. Let's go back to the story. Did he forgive Peter? What about Judas? Forgiveness was there. See, forgiveness is here at the foot of the cross. Are we receiving it? And a lot of people will step right over that and still continue to beat themselves down. And as believers, we're going to talk a little bit later but I think it's for us to encourage them out of that situation. How about this? Was Jesus patient? If we're going to love others, how many people know we need to be patient? Woo! That was a good place to say amen. What do they always say? Don't pray for patience. You might, you might get a little test or something like that. 
How many people are very patient? I saw, I saw a couple hands. I'm sure there was more, but it must have been the bright lights where I couldn't see it. How many people just truthful and go, man, I need some help in that area sometimes? We do. You know, it all depends, doesn't it? But it shouldn't. But, but how is it sometimes we just, it's, it's hard to be patient with stuff, you know? I'm a little hyper anyway. So when you put me in a box, man, I'm like, you know, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And I'm working on that. But see, the problem is, I can't fix that. God's got to fix that. See, God's got to fix that. And so when you're mad at your husband, wife, workmate, ministry mate, all that stuff, whatever, ministry team, whatever like that, just remember God's got to help them with that. Amen. I can preach that all day. They can, uh, it's tough. Patience is tough sometimes. You, you, you know what it's helped me with some of my patience in some areas, and I have not got it perfected? My mama. I love my mom. Y'all know that. 2009, my mom had a stroke. My mom doesn't talk the same way that she used to. My mom tends to repeat herself and repeat herself and repeat herself. And that's okay. And you know what I did? I act like it's the first time she ever said anything to me. She still thinks the red thinks Redskins got a shot. <laughs> I got to break it to her again today. We're out, Ma. We're out. Oh, man. Again? Yeah. But when I see that, isn't that what God does with us and says, hey, look, that's not the best for you. He has patience with us. He has patience with us because she's doing the best she can. She's, she's remembering the best she can. And so I love her in the moment. Isn't that what God does with us? He loves us in the moment. He, he, he works with us through that. Why am I yelling up and down and make a scene? No, Mama, I told you 47 times. I could see my dad's hand come up and go <laughs> like that. I wouldn't do that. But you know, I flipped that around from the natural to the supernatural. How many times does God tell us something? How many, when we're upset with somebody, oh, I cannot believe they did that again. I can't believe that. And the Lord whispered, said, I love them too. I love them too. And you go, yeah, but, right? And you tell them everything this person's done to you and everything that's been wrong and everything else. What did you do? The Lord says, I want you to go wash their feet. You'd be like, what? I'm sure I didn't hear good. I'm sure that wasn't it. Well, maybe he wants us to forgive. Maybe he wants us to be patient. Lord, help us. How about this? How many people can use a little bit of encouragement every now and then? I know I can. I love it, man. That's good. You ain't got to say, oh, buddy, you know what? Last week when you spit that gum on the floor in the middle of your preaching, that was the best service you ever did. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just got to love me through it. It's okay. It's all right. But you know what? We got to encourage one another. We're on the same team. Hey, I tell you what's great. Phone call, text, email, whatever. Just checking on somebody. Just say, hey, you know what I was thinking about you today? Hey, you know what? I've been praying for you today. That goes a long way. And it goes a long way with me in my book. I'll tell you what. I appreciate that. What else do we got? And we need to rely on the spirit of God, not our, our, our self or our situations, right? How about this? I talk about investing a lot. And I'm talking about investing in things of the kingdom. What did Jesus invest in? He didn't have no stocks and no goats or nothing, right? He didn't say, hey, you know what? I think we, you know what? I see that there's a, a problem with the end. We run a little short. We ought to go ahead and have a bunch of ends in here. He invested in people, right? He invested in people. All the business people don't write me nothing. I'm just talking about what we're talking about here. Are you investing 
in people? Are you investing in others? Are you investing in your family? You ready? Are you investing in yourself? See, the greatest investment you can make in yourself is going to Jesus. That's the greatest investment. Out of all the things that I've acquired and seen and done and this and that in 54 years, there ain't never, ever, ever been a better investment than I ever had in spending time with God. Anytime, all the time, whatever. And how many know this? When you're seeking the Lord, he doesn't have to take up your whole day. He whispers you something to just, just flip your world around in, in just, just, a, just a little whisper. But you know what? As we say many times, we don't got to, we get to. We get to come and praise the Lord today. We get to, to go deeper in the scripture today. We get to come in and, and, and share with our brothers and sisters today. Because you know what? We want to love others like he did. Look at this. Help others see their true value. When's the last time that you invested in somebody else? Just think about that. I'm going to take it seven. When's the last time you invested in somebody else to see their true value that maybe you had to really squint to see their true value? They didn't look like you. They didn't talk like you. They didn't act like you. So you said, well, they're not in our camp, so I'm going to keep moving. What's some of the folks Jesus dealt with? Occupation, tax collector. I don't think a lot of people like being a tax collector today, let alone back then. What about that? What about sheep herders, right? Fishermen and stuff like that. I am love fishermen. We got a lot of them right here. But see, Jesus sees past what others see as something that, that wouldn't really make a difference. How do we encourage? How do we invest? How do we help others see value? You ever had a you ever had a, a personal cheerleader in your life? Might be your mom, might be your dad, might be the, 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 the guy down the street or something like that. Might be your sister, your brother. It might be the guy that you, the old man next door that you never talked to. You say, hey, son, look like you're doing all right. We're proud of you. Isn't that something? That can change everything. Just a few words of encouragement can change everything. I listen to a lot of stories and read a lot of different things. Guys have been in business and, and, and everything else. And it's somewhere along the line that somebody, somebody got through. Somebody got through. If you're a teacher and you got 25 kids and you go, oh, I'm going to pull my hair out. Just think if you got through to one. Just one. If you're a parent and you got five kids or one kid, just think if you got through to that one. Right? You say, I did my part. Just being available to love others. That's what's amazing. But you know what? We need God to help us. Amen? I said, you know what? Just to offer hope, the hope of Christ is the, is the miraculous. Jesus, I said, Jesus is victory uh, in the flesh. And I said, be open to the nudge of Christ. Just be open to the nudge of Christ. The other day, I was coming back. I, I, I did a little errand. And I was coming down with Creek. And I almost forgot about this story the other day, and I think it's a good teachable moment. And many of y'all know, going like if you're heading to the racetrack, I was coming down with Creek, and I was going to turn at Bojangles. And I saw the bus coming. I saw the bus stop. And I seen this young guy struggling, trying to get to the bus. 
And he was running as hard as he could. And he was just really having a tough time. And I said, Lord, let him catch the bus. Let him catch the bus. Boom. My light changes. I go past the bus. And I see the boy right at the back of the bus. And the bus pulls off. That bugged me. You better get back to work. You don't need to go back there. You need to love others. I said, skirt. Went on back. I rolled the window down. I said, hey, man. I said, you missed that bus, buddy. He said, man, I just got off work. He said, I was just trying to get to the bus. I said, where do you live? He says, like downtown Hampton. I said, jump in, because I know where the next bus stop is. He said, man, I appreciate it. He got in, got in there. I said, hey, man, it's going to be all right. Boom, I passed the bus. Boom, I passed another stop. Boom, I got all the way down there to Russo Village. Have a great day, brother. He said, man, I really appreciate that. I said, you two bus stops ahead. Take a break. <laughs> but that bugged me. I'm not telling y'all to pick up everybody on the side of the street or whatever, or, uh, you know, but I felt the Holy Spirit. See, the devil said, well, you better get back to work. Well, you got stuff to do. You don't know that guy. He don't look like you. I don't know what this. But the Lord just kept pushing. And this is what he was saying. I just showed you that. What are you going to do? I just put that before you. What are you going to do? And now as I'm doing this here, are you going to wash your feet? Or are you going to wash your hands? Are you going to wash his feet or are you going to wash his hands? See, washing his feet that day just meant giving a guy a lift. Just getting him ahead of the bus. Didn't ask him his name. Didn't ask him anything. I said, where are you going? Whatever. I said, I know the bus route. I go that way all the time. I can get you there. Boom. And guess what? God gave me the privilege to serve. How about you? Let's talk about serving. One of the most, one of the most, not the most, but one of the most amazing ministries I believe that, that we've been able to be a part of, one of the most fruitful ministries that we have in our midst is this, the Helping Hands ministry. Probably most people are either part of it or have been blessed by it, and if not, you probably will be soon, okay? So the Helping Hands ministry is set up by a whole lot of folks, and y'all know my Miss Karen kind of ramrods that thing. And I appreciate what everybody does. I'm going to say thank you, everybody that has ever participated in that. What we do is bring a meal. We'll bring something, whatever. We know somebody's going through a tough time and we hear about it. We try to lighten the load just a little bit. Just to let them know. Maybe in some small way, maybe we wash their feet. I'm talking about by bringing something. Just letting them know that they matter. Letting them know that, hey, you know what? It's all right. That doesn't mean that everybody does it every single time, all that, everything else, because because God has grown that base where brothers and sisters can take time and turns or whatever like that and, and whatever. And it's amazing. That right there has been amazing, fruitful ministry. You know why? Because we serve with a purpose. We serve with a purpose to glorify God. Look at this right here. Matthew 5, 16 says, It's in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Look at that. 
I'm not talking about working your way to heaven. I'm talking about because we're saved and we know we are going to heaven, then guess what? They ought, to, they ought to be able to follow our lead and know that God matters, right? And so what matters to God should matter to us. And so guess what? We should be loving to serve people. How many people love to serve people? A lot of times we love to get served, right? And that's okay every now and then. But you know what? Our heart should be to love to serve people. So why? So that we glorify God. Folks often see what you believe before they hear what you believe, amen? You could talk me to death, but if you don't put any works with that, or if you don't step into that, if you're not, not walking that out, people have a hard time believing it. But they can, they, can, they can see it before they hear it many times, amen? They can see it before they hear it. Angela shared many times when she was here with different things going on with her family, and we were able to come alongside Members of her family that, that, that uh, maybe have not been here or maybe just been once or twice or whatever the case or neighbors and things like that. They go, wow, man, your, your church family pulls together. She shared it before family members saying, and, and she don't even have to say anything. She didn't go, look what we did. Look what we did. You know what? When you're doing what God wants you to do, people say, look what God did. That's cool. And you go, yeah, he did, didn't he? Guess what? It's amazing just to be a blessing every now and then, isn't it? So they can see it. So here's the question is, what's, what's your priority? I got a couple of things I was working on the other night when I did a message. You know what? Number one priority in our life, I believe, is that if you are not a believer, your number one priority is to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you think that would be a good place to start? I think that would be a good place to start, to call on the name of Jesus. If you are a believer, I think the next thing in the priority is to share the gospel message so more people will know about Jesus. You say, well, I don't, I'm not a preacher. That's okay. You may share the gospel by bringing a loaf of bread to your neighbor. You may share the gospel in a lot of different ways. Now, we can get picky and put it all about, you know, what, what the gospel is. But I'm saying you can show them the gospel through your good deeds. You hear what I'm saying? When they see there's something different about that family next door over there. There's something different about them. You know, there's something different about that lady that works with us. Hey, you know, there's something different about the guy at work over there. You know, that difference, I pray, is Christ. So we want to trust in Christ. We want to share the gospel. And then guess what? That's where we get to. Serve others. Serve others. How do we do that? Did I do a sin to you? Serve others in what we're doing in the, in the gospel so many times as we run through stuff, we don't realize, man, what is our life's priority? What is our life priority? My priority is this. I want to be a mirror of Christ. How about you guys? I say it many, many times. I say, you know what? Many of y'all, or probably about any time, when I preach a funeral, I often say this. Hey, you probably already preached your funeral before you got there. You say, buddy, what do you mean by that? By the lives that you affected and, and by the things that have changed in, in your life and, the, and, the, and the, the blessings that you have, have poured out on other folks and, and the fingerprints that you have left on other lives. See, when you go through life, you're going to leave one type of fingerprint or the other, right? Is it one to encourage or is it one to discourage? My buddy usually says this, it's either a blessing or a lesson. Are you a lesson or a blessing? I pray that I'm a blessing. I've seen people live a long time and have a funeral, and, and, and I'm sure there's more to that, not just what shows up at a funeral. But there, that's, a, that's a good indicator of the lives that we're touching. Good indicator of the lives that we're touching. 
I often ask at a funeral, I go, so if we were preaching your funeral today, would it be a celebration of life or not? I pray that it's a celebration of life. See, because I'm going to tell you what, when my time comes, I want y'all to put the fun in funeral. They're going to think y'all crazy, right? Because they say, man, buddy, what, buddy, when I don't want no doom. Oh, Pastor Chapman done gave up the ghost of death. You say, man, that guy was crazy. You remember when he did that? You remember when he did that? You remember that time he picked up the guy? You remember when he was doing this? You remember blah, 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 blah. And I pray that it's all just pointing praise to the Lord, somebody. How about you? I don't care what they say about me. I really don't. Because guess what? I'm going to be walking with Jesus. We'll be up there like that. Y'all be up there. I'm going to be up there. Be up there. Hey! What took y'all so long? Look at this. Man, I'm not going to have no pain. Ain't going to have no Vepco bill. The light from the Lord is going to be, woo, kicking it down. I'm going to be excited. You think I'm excited now? Mmm. My mama. I love my mom. I said, Mama, what's going on? She said, you're so loud. You're so loud. I said, Mama was loud when I was little. She said, you were loud when you were born. Thank you, Mama. Yeah. We have a good old time. But I tell you what, when I see my dad again, I see my granddad, I see my grandma, I see some of our friends that left here. Come on, man. Woo, come on. That's going to be good. I'm going to get up there by my dad and go, okay, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. That's what he used to do all the time. He said, boy, you don't want to mess with Man Mountain. I'd get there playing with my dad. I said, dad, I took a few karate lessons out there. I said, dad, come on. I got you now. My mom said, but they called him buddy too. Buddy don't. Buddy don't. I said, mom, I'll go easy on him. She said, I'm talking to him. I'm talking to, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to him. And my dad was a burly fella about like so. And I used to tease him. I said, Dad, you ain't got no neck. I mean, he just sat right on his head. Just like that. He said, try to choke me. I'm out in front of you. We, we, we just, <laughs> I love it. He said, try to choke him. And he put that chin down like this. And you couldn't choke him. People are riding by going out. We're having, I'm laughing. Then he gets me laughing. I'm trying to tell him, we're just having a good old time. I said, well, I'll tell you something I learned last night at a crowd. I'll show you what's got. He said, okay. He tuned his tobacco, pants all sagging down, hat over here. All these young guys think they started, my dad started that. Pants falling down, look like this now. He said, all right, my mom's going, buddy, don't. Buddy, don't. I got my arms around him, put my chin up in his ear. I said, what you going to do now? He said, you ready? I said, yeah, I got you. I got you, boy. He said, I, I, I'm telling you, son. You better let me go. I said, oh, come on. You, come on, break it loose, big guy. Mm. And my dad went, huh. And I went straight down to the ground. He said, that was free of charge. You didn't even have to pay me. <laughs> See, a lot of times you think, oh, I got him. I got him. I got this thing by the tail. But you know, somebody's been around the block. They got a few more tricks up their sleeve, don't they? But I'm going to tell you what. I can't wait for that day. When I get to see my family again. When I get to see all the things that God has allowed us to be a part of. You know what? So when I'm serving, I'm doing, I'm just thinking, that's all right. That's all right. Somebody said, oh, man. At least Jordan said, man, you're getting closer to 108, right? Is that what he said? I said, I'm getting closer to the light, baby. I'm getting closer to the light. You know? That don't mean I want to leave today because you know what? When I do leave, I want to be able to say, Lord, I ain't had nothing else to pour out. I asked my mom the other day. She said, uh, she said, how old am I? I said, you're 89, Ruthie. She said, man, I'm going to be 90 on my birthday. I said, yes, you are. She said, I didn't think I'd live that long. I said, why don't we just go for triple digits? She said, ooh. 
I said, Mom, if you're going to do anything over again, and I'm just praying that she ain't going to say I wouldn't have had you. But I said, if you're going to do anything over again, what would you do? She said, I don't know. I think I've done everything I wanted to do. That's okay. Have you done everything you wanted to do? Is there still more for God to do through you? See, I believe that God's still teaching me through my mom. And God's still teaching me through those situations as I serve my mom, as I serve others. See, sometimes when you don't go through something, it's hard for you to minister to somebody that you haven't been through. I'm not saying you got to do go through every single thing in your life to help somebody. But it will help you when you go through something else and when you see that. If you've been through a situation you didn't have much money, and then you come out the other side and you got a few dollars in your pocket, when somebody else don't have it, that hurts your heart. When you've been through a situation and you're caring for an elder person and somebody else is just going on the front end, you try to encourage them a little bit. You know, it's tough. If you got a kid that's all over the board and everything else, and you go, Whew, we made it through. I got people in my family wilder than me. Yeah, yeah. But for the grace of God. I called my nephew. I don't know if he'll be listening on there last night. Man, was a blessing to me. Wow. At one point. But Jesus reeled him in. And let me tell you what, my sister's a praying mama. And I'm a praying uncle. And God is an answering prayer type of God. Man, Mary got five kids, work every day. Happy. Talked to him yesterday. He likes lifting weights and everything else. I said, man, what, what's, what's a good thing to do? Me and Jesse started getting back in the gym and Jess got his plan. And we're talking about all this stuff. I don't know nothing about it. And then I had to put the Uncle Bud thing in. I said, what about you got anything for my looks? He said, you need to pray about that, Unc. <laughs> That's my family. That's my family. So see, sometimes serving might look a whole lot like listening. Sometimes serving might look a whole lot like praying. Sometimes serving might mean taking a long way back to work. Are you available? Because to me, really, that's love and life. Just like we see here as we bring it home. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he would leave this world and return to the Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. I pray that we love the Lord all the way through. And if we love God, and we love people and we serve people, I'm going to tell you what, that will be a celebration of life, amen? And you don't have to wait till you take your last breath. You can be joyful and you can be running through life right now because that's a great way to, to, to be serving with a grateful heart. Can you forgive? Can you encourage? Let God set the priorities of your life so that your life will glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity and the privilege to share what love and life means to me. And Lord, I really believe you gave us a snapshot of what it means to you. To love you. To trust you. To set priorities starting with you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you're listening to this three months from now, six months from now or tonight, the message doesn't change because God never changes. And here's the message that I want you to hear. If you're going through life and you think that what you've got going on is too big, 
then you've got the wrong side, size, sight of God. All authority has been given to him. His love is unconditional. So I want to point you to my Savior, Jesus. I want you to know that you are not alone. I want you to know that God loves you regardless of your past, regardless of your current situation. Your current situation is not bigger than the grace of God. I'm not telling you can live any way you want and sin and this and that and just, you know, just trample the blood of Christ. What I'm telling you is this. You don't have to stay there. And if you're sitting here today, you say, man, what a week, what a life, what a year, what a situation. No, there's a better way. And his name is Jesus. And I pray, Lord, as we spend time together, that we come to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus. I had said it earlier, if you fast forward through some of the stuff and you just get into this mess, part of the message right now, you say, what must I do to be saved? How can I know that my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life? How can I know that I'm going to heaven? I mean, I'm a pretty nice guy. It's not about being a nice guy, a nice girl, how much you give, what you know, all that. It's about, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Jesus came to this earth and lived a sinless life to pay our sin debt in full. A life had to be given to purchase us out, and it had to be the perfect life, and his life was found in Jesus. And Jesus willingly laid down his life. He was beaten. He was bruised. Spit on. Sold out. Laughed at. Because you are worth it. But it didn't stop there. Things look pretty bad on Friday, but Sunday's coming. And as they raised him up on the cross, by the way, which was predicted 800 years even before that, in Isaiah 53 and many other places even before that. God's word is on time. So I pray that you hear it on time. And Jesus says, it is finished. The Romans looked at it and said, he is finished. But they were looking at the lower story. We're looking at the upper story. He said, it is finished. Sin has been destroyed. And on the third day he rose and he sits on the right hand side of God interceding for us so friends if you want to receive that to be washed clean don't just mumble the word don't just say yeah I got the box I checked the box would you be bold enough to step out in faith and say Lord today I receive your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior would you say Lord I, I, I believe what the Bible says about Jesus that he's the son of God that he laid down his life and paid my sin debt in full. Lord, come into my life, forgive me. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Lord, today, save me. And the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, I pray that's you today. Take a hold of what God's got for you. We love you. We'll see you. Amen.